0: Welcome, everyone, to tonight's Furby Talks. I'm Marcia Guerrier, the host for today and every session that we have. I'm so excited for our guest today, for the gems we're going to be learning. She's going to be dropping some amazing stories of her own personal journey as a leader. I am going to welcome you guys and introduce you to Satara Pendleton-Eaglin. She is the Senior Vice President of Original Series for MTV Entertainment Group. Viacom CBS as a top female Hollywood executive at Viacom CBS, Satara is the creative force behind some of the biggest reality shows in TV. And if you know me, you know I kind of watch some of them. So from MTV's The Hills, The New Beginnings, I was watching back in the day, day those shows to VH1's Girls Cruise with Little Kim and Friends to the mega launch. Uh, on Paramount Plus of the reality juggernaut, the real world homecoming New York. Right here is where it all got started based on the original series, The Real World, which is credited for laying out the blueprint of what we now call reality television. Satara so is the top at the game, in her game, of her game. I want to bring her on now so we can really start getting into the conversation. Hi, Satara. Hi. <laughs> are you? I'm so fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, please. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know how busy it is, right? No worries. Thank you. To do this. And, you know, we, we were talking before we went live and i'm like oh my god this is too good let's hold on (laughs) Hold 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 it in hold it in it's been um a crazy last 18 months right i've people out here watching know i've called it the year of pain and joy you know we've been through so many hard things and the painful part but there was also so much Joy that came out of the last year. How are you doing? Just what we don't read in your bio is that you have little babies at home, right? And a, hus- a whole husband, they say. A the whole, whole person. person. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know,
1: my mom, when I was growing up at the time, I had just, um, just me and my brother, and we had a dog. My mom used to say I had three kids and a dog. And I'd always be like, Mommy, you know. She's like, No, that, that means
0: your daddy, too. So,
1: um, yeah. I have three kids and a dog No, My <laughs> husband's amazing. Like, he'll kill me if he He is great. He so, is
0: this great. Last
1: year has been, um, I think it's been interesting for all of us, right? Like in the sense that I think the biggest lesson for me is that I didn't need as much as I thought I did.
0: Like simple, simple my things. eye bulb went on for so many people. Like,
1: why is that car, the most overpriced thing right now, like, that I'm paying for that's been sitting in the garage with zero, like, I don't go anywhere. Instagram does everything, like, you know, until this thing goes away, like, and just simple, you know, my kids have just shown me that, like, life can be simple. And, you know, I'm so grateful for them and their tenacity through this. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. That's the one thing um, we hear a lot about the mental um, anguish of a lot of kids, but we had both you and I have younger kids. I know your kids are younger, so they're not struggling like the older kids are that are in school, like one week, you know, not knowing what's going on with Ramon and all that. So, yeah, the younger kids are. Josh is living his best life, and every day he reminds me that he should be homeschooling and not going back to school. Yeah. But I'm so happy to hear that things are things are good for you, right? Yes. But we know that we're here to talk about careers, work, life. We know that your industry was severely impacted by the pandemic, right? Yes. And as a result, like television as we knew it and movie production mm-hmm. had led to a screeching halt, right? As the SVP, the senior vice president of programming. I can only imagine like, what panic attacks you were having, (laughs) thinking about, okay, was it in your plan to go more digital and or virtual? Of course not. not, Right? So how did you, how difficult was it for you to pivot? And, And you guys, Television, the industry in general, I think did a remarkable job bouncing back. I, cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm a TV fan. <laughs> so I watch a lot of television, especially the reality shows and to see the ingenious ways that you guys were able to bring on programming. Yeah. Kudos to you and your teams for doing yeah. that.
1: Yeah, thank you. I've, for sure, I need to acknowledge my team and all of the producing partners that we work with. like. There are a lot of us that get it done, you know, um, and, you know, it was a gut punch, honestly, like, like everything else. We were in the middle of so many things. We we're just starting some others and we're just shut down. Like I, one of my shows, we literally shot <laughs> the producers walking in being like, we have to stop. Like so the, many world, yeah. you know, the shutting down, you know? Um, and then there was a long time where we, We're at a place of not knowing, even as a country, how we're moving forward to then figure out, okay, so these are the rules. So now we can figure out how to adapt to those rules Mm -hmm. in order to do what it is that we do. So there was a, a, you know, admittedly, there was a period that I was like, listen, I'm the most overpriced chick that sits home and does nothing because we're like trying to get started. But until we had COVID guidelines, we really couldn't. Um, pivot the way that we wanted to but I am really proud of one of my shows catfish that is on MTV. Um, typically it's Neve and um, his co-host Kami going around the country meeting a variety of different people trying to figure out if two people that met on the internet are being catfish right we quickly just pivoted that into this zoom universe and neve's at home cami's at home the investigations are happening live in the computer that we're now sharing as our screen, you know, in the television. And I was so proud that our viewers stuck with us, that they acknowledged, you know, that like, okay, we all want fresh content, but content is king. It's what we always say in my business. Right. Um, that we were able to take the show that they love, tweak it, and pivot a bit, um, but still give them
0: the, you know, the, the ride yeah. uh, was was great. Um, and you same- know, that's a very interesting part. Uh, um thing you just said that the viewers hang around. But the truth is like as viewers in our regular lives, we're so consumed by technology. Mm-hmm. We probably I haven't watched catfish specifically, but the way you described that you turned it into a more, you know, digital um sure. investigative thing that the audience could become a part of. We do that all day. Hello, stalking yeah. boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend. Like, we're yeah. all about that. So I'm sure it, it really intrigued them to see it happen. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, as in any competitive business, right? You have a lot of competitors with mm-hmm. the streamers, with, you know, even YouTube channels. And I mean, these days, TikTok, you know, with content being so readily available, there are, you know, so many choices, you know, growing up you know, it was what, ABC, NBC and CBS and dating myself, but like and now there are like hundreds upon hundreds of channels. Right. So you never know. You never know where your, you know, you might lose, you know, your viewers in any lapse of time of being on air or creative changes that you've made that then ultimately impact your product and then impact
0: your right. viewers. Now as a leader of teams that are normally on the road, in person, how was it making decisions for your teams? Because some somehow the cameras were still rolling, the lights were still on. How hard was it to, were you putting teams in maybe, or is it that really all of these stars were really self-filming? How hard was it to make That decisions? was the first step, right?
1: So um, one of our shows that I was just speaking of where we had to shut down production in the middle of finishing the season, um, we went to a self-shot model. Um, there were just a few scenes that we needed to finish in all of the interviews, which usually happen in post um, editing. Um, all of those were self-shot. And um, what was interesting was just like, you know, we all started experiencing seeing each, each other's homes, right? Yeah. It was a different um, experience, especially for that show because they used to being in the studio and glam and all of this. And now they're like still beautiful and beat, but in their their own personal environment, and there was something about that authenticity, mm-hmm. even more from what they were saying. Like they could have probably said the same sentiments in the right. studio, but expressing those sentiments in their environment right. gave another level of storytelling that we couldn't have anticipated. So the first phase was yes, we did a lot of self shooting. The second phase ended up with, you know, we, we call them internally bubble shows, meaning everyone tests. They quarantined, we put everyone in one location where no one gets to move, you know, send them on a retreat, resort, you know, and and film for that period of time, but still rigorous testing within that bubble to make sure that the environment is safe and that all of the protocol restrictions that are in place remain and keep everyone from, you know, any COVID
0: outbreaks. Right. I, I love some of those um, shows that I've seen that were in the bubble. And the storylines and the storytelling were so different um, Mm -hmm. than what we used to see. It really got personal. And people began to share really that, I say that Kardashian type of thing, where it's really about them. Because a lot of the reality shows are, sensationalized, the events are, right? But Mm -hmm. now during this time, reality shows they opened up a new form of storytelling and exposure that people are now trying to emulate for their own personal brands and for their own professional selves. Can you share your thoughts on how women can use um, the form of media, social media, to develop their own storytelling and and how to be authentic in that
1: Well, it's funny, much like reality TV, in the early days, the first season of the real world, right? Which Homecoming is a, bringing back the original seven. Yeah. It was very much that authentic. That there was no blueprint, right, for what reality TV was. So I think in the early years of reality TV, you really got the most genuine, authentic selves of the people being on TV. Later, yes, there are shows where people who are deciding who they want to be on TV right so that, that is a big difference even in going into your own personal brand or your professional brand is it's not about deciding i want to be right it is who are you and what 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 is the things that are organically and authentically you because like anything that is the thing that people latch onto right um how often do we see people who've crafted an image for themselves on social media only to have the reality which probably doesn't look the 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 real picture doesn't look like what they've been curating all this time and all of a sudden there's there's this big fall from grace. Right. But it is those people and stories that um that connect us, right? That that
0: that are more genuine um that help with your brand for sure. Yeah. And I think that really impacted the way a lot of the stars and celebrities were showing up and, and letting us into their lives. In a more, like you said, organic and real way, where yeah. we were able to to see them actually not have the put together house, have mm-hmm. to deal with the everyday struggles and challenges yeah. Yeah. Um, of normal people. Um, what what would what advice would you give to someone that is starting to build their brand via media? and possibly wanting to connect on a broader scale. Even, you know, I love YouTube and I love, we talked about, you mentioned TikTok uh, earlier. It's a form of creating your own media and developing your own authenticity to to reach your potential. So we have a lot of women and uh, men too that are part of the network here at Her Sweet Spot that are looking to get more exposure and build their brands. And they know they can't connect with someone like you or or some, whoever's making the decisions to put them on any type of show and they're building it for themselves. So what advice um, can you give to someone starting out to build their brand? Content, lots of content. <laughs> um, so for instance,
1: there there's a, um, there's a, a father-son team who I, you know, I don't go on TikTok often. I find it to be a like a wormhole that, like, I'll look up and be like, "It's been two hours!" Like, I don't know how I lost two hours. <laughs> to do that. And I'm not 22, so it's so easy. So I'm not, it is so easy. I, don't, I don't have that type of time, so I try to really be mindful. But there's this amazing father-son team, and they just would do parodies, right? And it just seemed like something fun that a father and son were doing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Same thing for the gentleman who just filmed himself on a skateboard. Enjoying a ride to work and played a song, but like, it is those pure moments. It is those things that like you're just doing what it is that you love, and you're putting enough of it out there that all of a sudden that gentleman that was you know riding the skateboard has a huge endorsement now. This father son Mm -hmm. team now, if you watch their their TikToks, they're you know they've apparently signed on to like a bubbly water. You know, there's that little boy Ryan whose parents were just you know following him like opening presents. And now he has like Walmart deals and like-, oh, like Top brand deals. on top, top paid YouTube. Yeah. 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 Like it just, it, it can start so simply, you know? Someone just showing their food that they've cooked, you know? But I think that if your content is something that people are connecting to, if there's an authenticity, uh, if you're a comedian, if there's a comedy that, but it somehow connects us. That, that little father son team, they did one about I don't know the black church or something that I thought was hilarious. I sent it to my grandmother. She's like 89. I was like, yeah. but it was something about again the content that connected that yeah. makes you you know and that as a storyteller, that's what we're always looking for. Like what are those things that like are part of the human experience that will pull people in?
0: Mm, that is so good. Content is king, and being organic and authentic. Absolutely. It's what will connect you to your ideal customer audience, employer? Yeah. Even it's it's all important. Thank you so I'll much. Share for that. A story with you if you don't. Yeah, please.
1: Um, I also think it's important to recognize that at all times you are your brand. And I think we spend so much time looking for the up, right, the carrot, the Columbine climbing tree that we forget our left and right and we forget our everyday lives. Yeah. Perfect example. This happened to me just recently. Um, There's a show, The Real World, right? I'm doing that show and one of the cast members, um, unbeknownst to me, was vacillating as to whether or not she wanted to do the show. Okay. I'm not involved in casting. I didn't know this. I just knew that, hey, Satara, this is your show. We're going to shoot it and you know, start creatively figuring out what it is. And um, apparently, as the other cast members were saying to her, hey, no, we really think this is a good idea. We feel good about this. One of them happened to say to her, you know, I was speaking to the creative executive on the show. Her name is Satara Pendleton. And apparently a light bulb went off. And she was like, wait, what? Satara's doing the show? I'm in. I didn't know this show on the other side of it. I just happened to have a zoom with the cast to say, thank you for sharing your story, your life. Like we're, you know, we're going to premiere next week. Like this has been an amazing journey. Like, thank you for letting me be a part of you telling your story and she told me this story. And I was like, well, what would it like, what would it be about me that made her decide to like, she Google me like, like that's like, I don't get it. And what she shared with me was we had met twelve years earlier. I didn't remember this until she said it. Wow. We met twelve years earlier, and I was working on a different network at the time. And she must have come in with like a producing partner to pitch a show. I know that I must not have that the show must not have been right for us at the time right. because we didn't do the show. We didn't buy it. Um, but whatever my exchange was with her, whatever my interaction was with her, what she said to me was, "I never forgot you." I'll never forgot the time that you took that you didn't have to. I never forgot the advice that you gave that she didn't have to. I never forgot that you seemed to be a woman of integrity and of your word. She was like, and I always remembered you. She was, like, I never knew what happened to you, but I always remembered that experience. So when your name came back up 12 years later, I said yes. That's that blew me away. Because again, until she said it, I was like, wait, we met? Oh shoot, we did. I don't remember the project. I don't remember, I don't remember going out of my way or doing anything different. But I tell this story not to be like, oh, Satara, you're amazing. But that it was my authentic self. Right. And I try to always come from a place of integrity and that my word is my word. And that, like, what I give out, like, I want it to always be a representation of who I want to be or represent for myself so that brand my brand was built with her then 12 years ago and that seed impacted something that i think is probably one of the best things i've produced in you know the last 10 years of my career
0: that that that's an amazing story and leads me jumps me ahead to one of the questions i had for you in terms of some of the skills as you know Did you know you wanted to be a leader? So in that 12 years, right, 12 years ago, did you have aspirations to be a leader where you would have to be that deciding factor for any cast member or any person that you guys would want on your show? But if they know Tara's behind it, heck yeah, they're going to do it because they know her. Were you thinking that far ahead?
1: no one, anyone who knows me knows that I never have a problem being in a leadership position, even mm-hmm. from when I was a little kid. I think the thing that we put on little girls is like, oh, she's so bossy. She's so bossy. No, no, no. She's a boss in training. And that's mm-hmm. what I think about my daughter. My daughter, no, like, she comes with some stuff. She's very, like, about it. And yes. I say to her, ooh, mama, I love it. I love it. Because one day, these skills are going to serve you well. Like, I
0: that you say that to her.
1: That's- oh, listen! I'm like, we're gonna develop your superpower. We're gonna make that thrive and flourish. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, you're so bossy, bossy. Don't put that on little girls, right? So I say that, to, that sidebar to say that, like, I was that little girl. I was the no, no, no. I'm okay. Yep. Nope. I want to lead. I want to be the front. Like I always had that in me, mm-hmm. uh, even in terms of my coming up in this career, I remember being in college, you know, really finally narrowing down, learning more about this industry and what the job possibilities were, Mm -hmm. try to decide where I wanted to land. And I remember being so fascinated with the control room and thinking I wanted to be a technical director because I love that they like pushed all the buttons and controlled all the cameras. And like, it was just, (laughs) that was dope to me. Yeah. Studio one day and that was happening. And then someone over my shoulder was like, take camera two. And I'm like, oh wait, there's somebody telling me what, well, but I don't just get to push the button. So, if I can, Wait, <laughs> there's another step, right? Oh, mm, I need to be the director now because the director tells the technical director what to do. So, then I get in the director's chair, it's my turn. I'm like calling shots. Et cetera, et cetera. Then there's someone in the back row being like, Hey, no, I don't want to take that shot. Go to the next break, skip that. Oh, who's that? That's the producer. Oh no, I'm gonna need to be her because now she tells <laughs> me. So, that's just <laughs> little insight into it, but that's always been where like. Oh! Oh, wait. There's bigger. Oh, wait. There's more. Okay. Yeah. No. I need to figure out how to do that part so that I. So that has always been my. My
0: path. Yeah. You know, no matter what it was. That that's so. Like. Inspirational for people that are watching to understand that just because you pick a path and a road and a job. In a position today doesn't mean you can't shoot for the next level, and you Absolutely. should always be looking or it all together, right? It all together, like right.
1: when I thought I wanted to do film until I did a couple of films, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah, no, but there were amazing things that that experience taught me that mm-hmm. I can carry into the next. But knowing when it's time to say, Okay, I'm going to take the leap to the next, and my leap to the next was when I worked in New York. When I, I'm a New Yorker, I lived in, grew up in New York my life, um, starting this business in New York. But I was known in New York as a particular thing. And I was mm-hmm. doing a good amount of work doing that. But that, to me, wasn't where I wanted to be anymore. And the, leap, the next leap for me was moving to Los Angeles. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I, I'm like, I'm from New York. Well, I'll take a bus. Like, like, nothing. one <laughs> no bus. No right. bus. <laughs> I got buses. I Cool. they subway. I Like, I'm good. Um, but, you know, I ended up taking, like, I don't know, a ten or $15,000 cut in salary and a demotion in title to come and start back up this other mm-hmm. creative side of the business. And that has now been my path. But it was recognizing this is good. Those those things that I learned still served me well. I was incredibly, learned to be really organized and detailed and structured in this. But I needed more of a voice in the process. And as long as I was in New York trying to get people to not see me as this, but that, it wasn't going to work. Right. So I decided to take a
0: to take a leap and you I you did. You had to make a shift. You had to make gotta, a shift. You got to be willing to make a shift. In that process, in all of the... Um, elevation that you had, and the, the 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 realization that you needed more for yourself. Did you have a mentor or a sponsor? You know, in the past year, we've we've been hearing so much um, with all of the um, Black Girl Magic and investing in women and Black women, particularly in in the workforce. We're hearing about, and women are now learning more about what it, the difference between mentor and sponsor. Mm -hmm. Did you have either or and uh, what, if any, advice would they give you to help you break the barrier in in such a male-dominated industry? I did not
1: have a sponsor or a mentor. And um, I will say that while they're amazing and if you can get one and if you have one, even better. I think a lot of people think that they choose their mentors. Your mentors actually choose you. I am mentoring people, but I've seen like, okay, you, there are a couple of people have come to me like, can you mentor me? It doesn't quite work depending on the person. It doesn't quite work that way. But yeah. anyway. um, so no, I did not have a mentor or sponsor, but much like the journey to love, right? The reason season lifetime of it all. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have that like lifetime mentor who was going to book, but I had a lot of reasons and seasons that, you know, that helped me along the way, like being put in situations that at the time I didn't understand, you know, or being right. gifted an opportunity that like, again, I didn't realize that my reputation had preceded me. I right. would find out that there was a position that I would have never known was open, but someone who heard of me knew that position was open and helped push me in that. I never worked with that person, never interacted, never saw them really again, but Mm -hmm. like just those pristine opportunities, or even, you know, I was a senior executive at another network and um, the president of the network was a black female at the time. And I worshiped her, I was like, oh my gosh, just to be like, whatever she, she was just amazing. Um, amazing. Amazing. Um, And I remember one time she started inviting me to this meeting and I didn't know what the meeting was. It didn't really mean it. None of my colleagues were going to this meeting. And when I went in this room, I was the most junior person in the room. So part of me was like, okay, well, this is usually there weekly with her. She sits at the head. They all sit up next to her. Let me sit towards the back. Like I was doing all of these not great, you know, I I wasn't leaning in. I should have eventually I ended up like, okay, well, I'm the first one here. So I'm going to take the seat that I want. Like I had to learn to own that part. Right. Right. In the beginning, I was so confused, and I was almost afraid to ask, like, "Why? Why am I in this meeting? Like, how am I contributing to this meeting? Like, does she expect me to say something or do something?" And it took me a beat to get. She didn't expect anything from me. The
0: mm-hmm.
1: Me being in that meeting is that she gave me access, okay. and by being in that room and sitting at that table and hearing those conversations, which for the most part in the beginning we're going over my the terminology, the verbies, I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it, but. Eventually, I did. Eventually, mm-hmm. I understood or even watched and got to see how she moved in the room, how they moved, how they interacted with her, the things that they were talking about, the strategy. So all of the things that I got from that tutelage, if you will, I never really contributed anything to that meeting. But and she never said to me, I'm inviting you to this meeting because and I want you never. She was like, it just showed up on my calendar. So wants you in this meeting. And for that, just little things like that, I will always be grateful. Was she my sponsor or mentor? No, but did she impact my life in that way? And was I smart enough to figure out how to really lean into that situation? Absolutely.
0: So have you ever went back and and share any of this with her? Do you know her now? See her now? I haven't haven't
1: seen her in a while. Um, And ironically, um, another colleague and I were just talking about her recently. So I think she's she just joined like some major board of some organization or something. So um now I have a way to kind of find her again.
0: Yeah. That I wanna film that for yourself. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> because like you said, the season and the reason and the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was really what helped what happened, I should say, to a lot of black women that are already in leadership. I always say, if you see a Black woman in leadership, know that there's trauma there She's <laughs> been through it, but she's been through it too, right? She did a lot to get there and it wasn't by the sponsors that normally get us there, right? Especially if you've been in the game, any game, whatever industry long enough. So I, I commend you one for being authentic and knowing enough, not even to ask her why I'm here and to do the work, to pay attention and to learn and just know that, you know, a lot of women get invited to things like that and they don't show up because they think they're not qualified or they have no business being in those That's rooms. The biggest thing, right? They say that men will
1: look at a job description, especially white men. They will look at a job description. It'll have 10 things on it. They might have one and a half. They're like, oh, I could but do that can job. Do yep. A woman, don't get me started on black women, but a woman, we we'll have eight
0: of the 10 and then stress about the two that she doesn't. Yeah. Wow. And like, so I, uh, this is one of the reasons why Her Sweet Spot exists, connecting women to women such as yourself that could inspire them to really keep pushing forward. Um, you know, most of our members are working full time and they're actually navigating these side hustles and their passion. Before I let you go, what passions do you have outside of your 95? I mean, I you deal with a lot and you're so passionate. I, I can tell how much you love what it is you do, but what do you do outside? I'm actually a big
1: TV person. Um a lot of scripted television and home. I watch unscripted, don't get me wrong, but at times it feels like work. Um so I escape into more scripted programming. Um but you know, it's funny. My answer used to be cooking, like I and in baking specifically. Um Now I am making some, especially in COVID, and as much time as I'm now feeling like I work more at home in my home office. Yeah. Than I did what I was in the office that I in, in in a real office. Um My passion right now is pouring into my kids, into my family, really being present. You know, like when the phones go down, when the computer can be closed, when I'm watching something silly that they want to watch, when I'm teaching my son to play chess, when I'm my daughter and I make a huge deal about Sunday dinner. Like, we plan it from the morning. We set a formal table. I mean, she's my waitress awesome. and busboy and sous chef. And, like, it's just, it, it is that. Like, that. that's my passion now. Like, how can I further... Pour into these two people and really further develop them into being their best selves.
0: That is awesome. I, the pandemic has taught many of us, uh, parents or not, to connect and re-engage with our family. Yes. And if you have little ones uh, they they won't let you forget <laughs> <You're laughs> yes. go away mom or dad and spend time with me and in my case, I'm a single mom. it's just Josh and I so I played a lot of Jenga in this <laughs> life. <library. laughs> We were playing the other morning. (laughs) So you know how it is. But thank you so much for taking this time to pour into us, to share with us uh, a little bit about your journey and to inspire us and for all that you're doing to motivate and uplift the young women and the young girls. And as I I see and hear from you, you're doing an amazing job with your daughter. And that that is in itself a gem that you dropped on us to, to remind our young girls and not to um, stop them. I was reading a book where we stop women from bragging and or um, exploring their, their awesomeness, right? And you're doing you're doing a fine thing by helping your daughter bring that out of her, the boss. Out of her <laughs> That's right. Thank you for all that you do, and uh, we'll, we'll be um, we'll be in touch because I want my TV time. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <This is> enough. <laughs> thank you so much for for and all.
1: Congratulations that. to you. This is an amazing forum, so thank you. This is the way that you are pouring
0: into women into the community. I think that as well. Thank you so much. So guys, you know how I like to end each broadcast when we empower each other. We all rise. Bye-bye for now.